Well, good morning. It is a great blessing to be back at Fredericksburg Christian Fellowship. Um, my family and I have been here several times over the years. Last time we were actually presenting our ministry, um, but I've get, gotten to know um, the church family here since um, before Rocio and I were even engaged, and it's um, such a blessing to see um, so many of you again and to be back here with um, people that have been a blessing um, to my life, to our family's life, and especially a blessing to um, be with Daniel and Patty and the Przlovskis, which have also been a tremendous, tremendous blessing to our family and to our ministry over the last few years. Um, as Daniel said, um, we're in the central jungle of Peru in the city of San Ramon. Uh, the city of San Ramon is the first city as we, you come into the central jungle of Peru, as Daniel said, coming over the Andes Mountains, um, going through a 16,000-foot pass, and then dropping down back on the other side definitely does something to your brain. I don't know what, but you can feel it. You can feel it at that altitude. Um, don't get out and run around, ask Daniel. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> but he didn't know that he was up that high either, so... Um, but the central jungle of Peru is an area of great need. It was the need of the area that, that took us there. When we first got married and moved to Peru, we were praying about where God would have us to go. And we even prayed about going to other countries outside of Peru, even though we were already living there. And when God gave us the opportunity to visit the central jungle and to see the need, um, it was almost an immediate confirmation that that's where God wanted us to be. As Daniel was mentioning a little bit, there is a great need for Bible training in the area. The entire central jungle, which would be the central third of the jungle area that belongs to Peru, is about the size of Florida. The entire country of Peru is about twice the size of Texas. And I know the world maps look a little bit deceiving. Um, countries along the equator tend to look smaller than they really are on some of the world maps. The central jungle is about the size of Florida, and the area that we're working in primarily, the three surrounding provinces, um, are about an area f the size between San Marcos, Dallas, and Houston, that size of land. There's half a million people that live in that part of the jungle, and of the churches that we know of that um, have good doctrine, there's just a handful. And not only are there so many places that don't have churches, the churches that are there are in great need of pastors. Um, the, church, the seven churches that we work the most closely with, last year, 2015, four of them were without a pastor of seven. Three of them still are without a pastor. And when we first went to San Ramon, it was only two of them that were without a pastor, and one pastor had serious heart conditions, had to go back to Lima, don't know if he'll be able to come back. Another pastor had to leave for other problems. But when I first went and was talking to one of the pastors in the area, and we were talking about some of the ideas we had, and, and one of my, my visions from the very beginning was to start a Bible college. And I asked him if that would be a good idea, and he says, you know, that would be an amazing ministry. For one, it, there's nothing here. There 
of any evangelical denomination. Nobody had any Bible Institute, Bible College, any Bible training program in the area. There was one four hours further into the jungle that has been closed for several years already. So he was, he was explaining to me that if anyone felt God's call to ministry, there was nothing anywhere close where they could get any kind of real preparation to serve the Lord. The closest thing is Lima, a 10-hour bus ride away, and the pastor was telling me, and the reality is, anyone that goes to Lima never comes back. And that, that's the truth in a lot of third world countries. They go to the capital, it's a totally different lifestyle, things are easier, and they don't come back. Even for one of the churches that lost their pastor last year, that's about 15 minutes from us, the pastor, when he had to leave, pretty much left the church under the responsibility of our church that we're working with. And so Pastor Jorge and I were, were taking turns pretty much every service, switching out with that church and the other church. It was nine months of calling churches in Lima, calling Bible colleges and seminaries in Lima, before we had one person come and even consider. And thankfully, that man did stay as the pastor of the church. But even for the other churches that, that we're kind of trying to help as much as we can, we've called and, and asked, and, and nobody really even wants to consider it hardly. Going out to the jungle? Even for Peruvians, that's, that's a really hard step. And so, even though our vision from the beginning was to start a Bible institute or a Bible college, over the last few years, the need for that and the clarity of that need and the urgency of that need has only grown. And so we've kind of pushed that project into high gear. It's not the only ministry we work with. We have um, a children's ministry in the afternoons where kids come and do homework after school and then get Bible lessons. Um, we work with, um, like I said, several churches preaching in different churches. We're in charge of the youth group at the church in San Ramon, the Bible college, um, teaching or preaching several times a week. So the Lord just really opened up for us to do a lot of ministry there already. But we could focus all our time on just one or two churches and, and starting a church. But with the amount of need there is, God has really been pushing us towards the Bible college. Because if we can train nationals to do the work of church planning and discipleship, then that effort can be multiplied much more quickly than us just investing years into a single congregation, which we're doing that at the same time, but pushing especially to train national people to reach their own people for Christ. And I'd like to share the video presentation that we have about the Bible College, and then I'll answer some more um, things that you might already be thinking about about the ministry, and then open it up for if you want to ask a specific question. The central jungle of Peru, a place where small cities and small villages meet rural and remote jungle life, but also a place where the gospel has only begun to penetrate. When God first led us to the central jungle of Peru, Seeing the need was something that really motivated us to come here. 
now that we've been here a while, the need has become clear one sense even greater. The part of the central jungle nearest the mountains and to Lima, which includes three provinces, Chanchamayo, which is where San Ramon is at, and neighboring Oxapampa and Saltipo. This area is vastly unreached with the gospel, not because of its isolation, because just about every village you'll find Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Charismatic Pentecostals. But the truth of the gospel, sound doctrine, salvation by grace through faith, security of salvation, is very scarce. When we look at Baptist churches in this area, an area with a population of half a million people, there are only seven. All of them small, four in Chanchamayo, three in Oxapampa. To our knowledge, there are none in Satipo. How could we have a significant impact here? Since we first started, verses in Matthew 9 stood out so clearly for the spiritual new year. The harvest truly is plenteous. The laborers are few. Going back to the Baptist churches in the area, of the seven churches, four of them were without a pastor at some point during 2015. When Jonathan and his family first came to San Ramon, they teamed up with Pastor Jorge Cipion in Jesus Christ as Lord Baptist Church. God has given them a vision, not only to start and grow a single church at a time, but to be committed to the training of new pastors and church planters, from which multiple churches can be planted much more quickly. In 2013, while the lots were on deputation, Pastor Jorge began Bible Academy classes on weeknights. When they returned to San Ramon, Jonathan joined in teaching part of these classes. The Lord blessed this ministry, and in 2015, with the academic sponsorship of Texas Theological University, they founded the Central Jungle Baptist Bible Institute. It began with nine students, of which four have already completed the first year of a full four-year bachelor's program, with others also working towards it at a slower pace. A pesar de que ya ha estado estudiando también en el seminario, anteriormente ha aprendido mucho más. Creo que Dios es bueno para enseñarnos cada vez y creo que nunca es tarde para seguir estudiando. A veces no lo entiendo mucho, ¿no? Pero porque mi deseo de venir a trabajar lo que es este, de repente, colaborando con lo que es este, con infraestructura. Ella me ha dado cuenta también que Dios tenía un paralelo a esto. Eh, antes yo no podía hacer este, un Excel, no sabía qué era eso. Y aparte que también ahora ¿no? eh, tengo una, una misión, eh, el estudio de me ha sido de gran misión porque, porque ahora tengo una mayor visión. Aprender acerca más de Dios, de sus atributos, que también estamos en unos cursos, la vida de Cristo como así todo. Es el meneótica, por decir, este, saber desglosar un poco, ¿no? 
quién fue dirigido, cómo es lo que va a presentar los Dios, ¿no? y cómo podemos aplicar hoy en día nuestros Dios. Acá en Perú necesitamos de mucho apoyo, todavía hay lugares donde no hay iglesias, y pedirles que estén orando con nosotros para que sigamos cumpliendo con esta labor, con esta tarea de capacitar más obreros, que Dios levante más hombres y mujeres dispuestos a querer estudiar, capacitarse, para que puedan como obreros aprobarlos sus herramientas. Agradecemos a todos ustedes su apoyo y les pido que sigan orando por nosotros, por San Ramón, por el Instituto Bíblico Bautista, Cela Central, para que sea para la gloria de Dios. God has blessed the Bible Institute. Yet since it began, we've had a desire to reach even further. All of our students currently are from the immediate San Ramon area. The travel in the central jungle makes a daily commute from any further than that quite difficult. Our desire to impact the central jungle even more for Christ is what has led us to grow the ministry even further to be able to receive boarding students. Moving in this direction, God has been opening doors to turn it into a Bible college. The church now has a piece of land on which it could be built. Plans have already been drawn up for dorms, library, kitchen facilities. Local pastors are beginning to get more involved. And here is where we ask our supporters to come in. First, in the construction itself. Whether it's through regular support for the Bible College, or larger offering for the construction, or even perhaps sending a work team. And second, is the active, earnest prayer that God would raise up more laborers, to raise up a generation of new pastors and church planners, to be trained here, to take the gospel, to so many places still in need. The need in the central jungle of Peru is very clear. The question now is, how can we have an impact on that? Um, as you saw, we've already been almost three years since we started the first Bible Institute classes. It's been one year now that we've had academic sponsorship from a university here in the States. And in about two or three years, we'll have our first graduates from the program. One of the men you saw in the video, the one with the orange shirt, Milton, is actually already helping us out in the churches that are without a pastor. Um, we're kind of spread thin, so as soon as we can, we're, we're trying to put him to the job. And he's um, already preaching most weekends, and um, the ladies are, have already been teaching Sunday school for, for several years. And the Lord has just, as we've been working with the Bible Institute so far, growing the desire to see that turn into a Bible college. Because, as, as mentioned in the video, all of our students right now are from the city of San Ramon. Um, it's not a very large city, um, but there is another city about 10 or 15 minutes away from that. But 
apart from those two cities, the only way we could have a larger impact from further away, because the next city after that is an hour, and then two hours, and then several cities three hours away, uh, and classes are at night, the only way that other students could come and benefit from the only Bible training program within hours is if we were able to receive boarding students. And that's the main reason why we've come to the States, is to raise funds to build dorms, library, kitchen facilities, to be able to receive students, not just from a small city, but from a large area, multiple provinces, so that we can have a, really a significant impact on a larger part of the central jungle. Um, most of the people, the, most of the churches and the people we've working with are Spanish-speaking because we're almost on the edge of the jungle. But as you go further in, they're also very remote communities. I mean, Daniel was saying it's kind of remote where we're at. Well, we've got um, running waters and um, flushing toilets and lights and all that. Um, you go just a few more hours in, and they're living in huts, fishing with very rustic tools out of the rivers. And you go in further than that, and there are even tribes that, for example, two or three years ago it was in the news, a tribe that nobody knew of, totally never had made contact with Western civilization, just came out of the jungle one day because um, they had been having trouble with food supply issues from what they were able to gather from the closest language with them. So there are totally uncontacted tribes in the jungle, people who not only have no contact with what we would call the civilized world, but that means they've never even heard the name of Christ. In Peru, the government recognizes 83 different languages. And international language organizations count between 95 and 100, counting some of the um, Inca dialects, which the, per the Peruvian government puts them all in one. Many of those either don't have the Bible in their own language or only have a portion, or have a translation that's so old that a lot of them can't understand it. Um, when there is not a significant writing and reading influence on a culture, a language changes very quickly. Different than how English is. I mean, it might be a little bit hard, but you could pick up you know, a book from the 1600s and still make it out. Um, in cultures where they don't have a strong writing influence to keep a language standard within three or four generations that just changes so much um, so one of our visions with the bible college is also to be able to reach out to them one of the churches of the seven churches is actually a church um, in the yanisha tribe as far as we know it's the um, only fundamental church in the yanisha tribe um, and there are, in those three provinces, there are a total of five different tribes with five different languages. The Yanishas, which is where there's already one church. And then there's these Ashaninkas and the Asheninkas. You're not allowed to confuse them. And there's the Matsiguengas and the Nomatsiguengas. You can't confuse those either or you'll offend somebody really bad. Um, and there are a few missionaries working in those areas already. But the need is still very, very great. And... Over the few, last few years, has been, we've been working in different ministries and working with the Bible Institute. God has just really been pushing us in the direction of making that a Bible college where people from the entire area, where, where there's nothing else of any denomination, can come and receive Bible training to then go back to their hometown and start churches. And so that's why we're here, is asking for two things. One is asking for donations, because to build a building, it takes money. 
And so we're asking that you would consider this building project, whether it's through um, a one-time gift, maybe a little bit larger, or taking on um, a couple of churches are going to be adopting pieces, so we're going to adopt this dorm room, or we're going to adopt half the kitchen or something like that, and over um, the course of the construction, be involved with that. So there, there's different options if you're interested in, in that. You can talk with me. But also what we really are asking people is that they make a commitment to earnestly and sincerely pray that God would raise up more laborers. Um, I'm not going to preach, but just go with me to Matthew chapter 9 really quick. And what Christ says in Matthew chapter 9 is true everywhere in the world, that the harvest is plenteous and the laborers few. But for me, every time I read this passage and every time I think about the central jungle, it comes to mind. Because he saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Matthew nine thirty seven. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We have to recognize a few things here. First, we have to see the need. If you look at verse 36, it says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. And whether it's the jungles of Peru or your own neighborhood, you have to see the need of people without Christ. And like Christ, be moved with compassion on them. We have to also recognize that there's a lot that we can do. Christ says the harvest is plenteous. There, there's a harvest out there to be reaped. But just as it was true in Christ's time, it's true today, and especially in the central jungle of Peru, the laborers are few. I mean, even in the churches that are there, more than half of them being without a pastor, you can't even consider starting new churches when there's such a need in the churches that already exist. And so what does Christ say we are to do about this problem? He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. We have to recognize that the harvest is the Lord's and that he has to be the one to send those labors. And so we can build a Bible college, we can train people, but it has to be God that calls them and God that sends those people. And so what we ask, not only that you would consider a financial gift to the ministry, but especially that you would pray every time you think about our family or every time you think about the central jungle of Peru, that the first prayer you ask for is, God, would you raise up from those people, people willing to be pastors and church planners? That's the biggest need we have because we could build a great building, but what if nobody comes? So we need you to also pray that God would raise up labors. And the interesting thing here is the word pray is not just, you know, say a prayer. It means beg. Beg God to send laborers into his harvest. And that's what we're asking people to do, is to join us, not only in the commitment to build the Bible college, but that it could have the impact that we want it to have, to raise up pastors, church planners, Sunday school teachers, church workers, and that is going to be accomplished primarily through prayer, through committed prayer. Um... We don't have our prayer cards yet with us. Daniel will bring those to you next week. But every time you think about our family, think the first prayer request we need is that God would raise up people to be pastors, church planners, church workers in the central jungle. Because the biggest need we have is for people, men and women committed to reaching their own people for Christ. So we have a few minutes still if anyone has specific questions about our ministry, about Peru, about the jungle. Um, we'll also be around between services and after the services if you want to continue asking or anything. But 
If you have a specific question right now. Um, in the central jungle, over the last few years, it has been slow. I think a lot of that is the lack of vision. Um, the pastor, Pastor Jorge, the, the pastor of the church we're working with, has been there about five years. Before he was there, none of the churches were working to start other churches. None of them supported missionaries. They were just existing. And so that's one of the things we, we want to change. In the last few years, it's been getting better in churches that have a vision. For example, when we go out Friday nights, which is the best time to um, do evangelism on the streets, we'll have 10 or 12 people listen to us for an extended period of time. Um, usually it takes four or five, six times for them to hear a clear presentation before they make a decision. Um, so in one sense, it has been very slow, but it's moving in the right direction. I think a lot of the problem was the lack of vision in the churches that were already there. Yes, sir. Yes, in the in the tribes around where we're working, um, there's usually not a problem with going in and contacting. Some of them live on a reservation, so you can't go in without the people's permission. Um, but some of the uncontacted tribes further in, because of health concerns and epidemic concerns for people that just have no exposure to the sicknesses we're around, you know, a cold could kill them, um, they really don't allow people to contact them. But in the area we're at, it's much easier. Um, language is a barrier, but the ones closer to the cities, most of them speak to a certain degree Spanish. Yes, sir. It's been almost 60 years since Jim Elliott died. Uh, yes, sir. Um, not significantly, especially not the way it was for Jim Elliott. I mean, what the closest tribe to us, Ashanikas, they're known for being a warrior tribe. And when they get up, they, um, get their costume on, they've got their bows and arrows and stuff, but, um, they're not a serious threat. Um, a lot of them already speak Spanish. A lot of them, there's one community right on the highway that we visited when Daniel was there. It was funny because we drove up really early one morning because we wanted to do our thing. And the guy comes out in jeans, and he's like, oh, and he runs back in, and in Spanish says, the tourists are here. <laughs> and so they, they go run and, and, and get their stuff on. And that's the ones that, you know, are right, in the, right on the highway. But it's, it's, it's so interesting how within one ethnic group, there can be, you know, people that are putting on a show, and then people that are having serious, serious health issues just because they have poor water quality. Um, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, as far as trying to get people to come from Lima, that has not been working very at all. So our prayer is that from the jungle, God would raise up people either already in the churches or as new churches get planted and new um, evangelism efforts are done, that those will be the people. Um, for one, as I said, getting people to come from Lima has been next to impossible. Two, a person that is from that culture will always be able to reach their own people better than an outsider will. And so we're wanting for God to raise up people from there, to be trained there, to reach people from there.
Yes. Two more questions. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to ask questions that still work. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your evangelism technique when y'all go out on Friday night? What is that like? Um, we, uh, yeah, the question was, um, when we go out on Friday nights, what's our evangelism technique? There is a huge opportunity just because the people are very open and friendly. We just go out on the streets. We pick a block. We walk around. We, we usually walk around praying over the area for a few weeks. And as we do that, any opportunities we have. And then we just start knocking on doors. Um, Friday nights, right around sunset, so many people are just out on the streets. There's just a group of 12 of us will probably get to talk to, you know, 60 or 70 people in one evening of that Eight to twelve will actually listen to us to ten minutes plus. So I mean, the doors are very much open as far as just open door evangelism, just talking to the person you buy vegetables from at the market, or just talking to people on one to one basis. Um, San Ramon, I've heard people tell me everything between sixteen thousand and twenty four thousand. I don't know if there's an official number or who would be the one counting that, but. <laughs> Yes, 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 and they all work with the central government. Last question. You, you mentioned the, the language barriers and such. So if you are wanting to pray that these people are raised up from all around, how are you going to manage the language? Because, well, the ones furthest in would be the ones that don't speak any Spanish. The ones closest in the specific provinces we'd be in, especially the men, most of them will speak some degree of Spanish. So the goal is for us to reach out to the ones that can speak Spanish, that they can come and learn in Spanish, and then they take it back to the tribe, to those that we, I could never hope to learn five languages in, in the way to reach them. And then working with them long term to work with them so that they can work on translating the Bible into their own languages. Yes, ma'am. All right, so if you have more questions, we'll be around. Feel free to ask as many as you want. Um, again, um, I ask primarily for your prayers, but we also need money to do what we want to do. So if you would consider giving towards this project, we'd really appreciate it as well. Thank you, Cody. Thank you so much.